are we? Welcome to episode five in my series of videos on zonal marketing, a brand new model which uses the tactical lessons taken from football management to help you understand, plan and measure your marketing activity effectively. I'm Simon Vincent, the marketing tactician, and in this episode and the next, I'll be talking through how you approach your marketing to gain the most out of it. Now, in many why have I used the word approach? In many cases, this will essentially be a discussion about content. But the reason I say approach is because there are certain decisions made by some companies that are about how the business presents itself, but not what we might traditionally associate with content. A good way of kind of explaining this and kind of putting you in the picture with this is is to start with the football. So the, the publication, The Athletic, uh, their presenters, Michael Cox, Ali Maxwell and Tom Warville have done a series in their Football Tactics podcast in which they identify the difference between positions and roles. They explain that while a, a player's position may be a midfielder, for example, one midfielder's role might be very different to another's. So while some midfielders are destructive, uh, ball-winning types exemplified by the, the likes of Claude Makélélé, others are more graceful, elegant ball players who are masters of playing long, sweeping passes into space, such as Andrea Pirlo. In actual fact, both players operated in a very similar position on the field, so, so their position was practically identical but their approach was completely different and had a huge effect on the tactical approaches of the teams they played for. In zonal marketing, these roles, i.e. what defines a ball winner or playmaker, if you will, are defined by the content or approach that's applied. So while you may have identified that Instagram, for example, is a, a midfielder for you, it's a broadcast channel for your company, the content you choose to put on your Instagram feed will dictate whether you're uh, successful in whatever you're trying to achieve with that channel. In simple terms, are you trying to sell? Are you trying to persuade or build trust? Are you trying to raise awareness? Or are you trying to build loyalty and advocacy with your content or approach? They're fundamentally the four things you're able to do in marketing and how you answer that question will determine what type of words, images, video or audio you create and whether or not they'll work. This means that the content creators you bring on board, the people who write the words, take the videos, film and edit your videos, uh, design your website, create your jingles, etc. They need to have a really clear brief on what it is you're trying to achieve on each of your channels. If you're trying to sell via social media, then you need to know to create content that's good at selling. If you're trying to engender loyalty through your email marketing, they need to know how to create content that's going to work for that purpose. The same words and images won't work for both purposes. So for the zonal marketing manager, therefore, your content creators are essentially like your, your coaches. For while the players and channels may be naturally well adapted to playing in certain positions on the pitch, good coaches can adjust and affect how attacking, for example, uh, certain, uh, you know, your, your, your defenders are, um, or they might, uh, you know, dictate how your midfielders want to play the ball forward, or, or you can even sort of uh, dictate, you know, how, uh, you know, you, you want your strikers to play when, when you don't have the ball. And just to be clear, in this section, we'll be talking about just those three areas of the pitch, because the specialised nature of goalkeepers at slash data channels, uh, because of the specialist nature of them, we won't dig into them too much at this stage, in the same way that goalkeepers can be shot stoppers as well as 
sweeper keepers or distributors. Data channels can perform different roles, but for simplicity's sake, let's just assume that uh, I'm talking about defenders, audience channels, midfielders and strikers, uh, conversion channels for this and uh, for the majority of the next video. But before we dig into the meat of this, we need to return once again to the two most important things within zonal marketing, and they are, of course, possession and space. I've already outlined in episode two of this series that the ball in zonal marketing is your target customer's attention. It therefore goes without saying that what you do with your target customer's attention in marketing is crucial to how well you'll perform. In football, not all teams feel the need to have the ball all of the time. However, successful teams do have a plan for what they will do when they are out of possession, usually with a plan for how they will gain possession at some point, and what they will do with the ball when they are in possession. As marketers, we must become attuned to understanding where our customer's attention is. Is it on us? Is it on our competitors? Is it on other matters such as the economy, politics, public holidays, etc.? We must be sensitive to when it is appropriate or even possible to wrestle back their attention. Likewise, when we have their attention, we need to have a plan as to what we're going to do with it. Are we going to try to sell to them straight away? Are they going to need some gentle persuasion to get them to the point of purchase? Maybe we'll use their attention to try to get them to tell their friends about what a great company we are and the sales agenda will take something of a backseat just for now. This leads us to the other fundamental of zonal marketing, space. Again, I mentioned in episode two how in football, the great teams manipulate space by creating it in certain parts of the pitch and by constricting it in others to suit their aims. The marketing equivalent is how transactional or tribal we wanna be in our messaging. When your marketing is constricting space, it's about being more transactional in its approach. In extreme circumstances, this includes you know, messaging like you know, buy now to avoid missing out. By contrast, when we create space in the marketing sense, we're allowing the customer to interact with us uh, without feeling like they're being sold to. This helps them to feel like they're part of the tribe, like we value them for more than simply the money that they're paying us for our goods and services. Again, there will be very specific occasions for most brands where it's reasonable to be transactional in our approach, to push our customers towards a sale. And there will be other times where we'll need to pull them into us, to make them feel part of the tribe before asking them to part with their hard and cash. Taking all of the above into consideration, there are fundamentally four roles our content can play when we market to current and potential customers, and they correspond to the manipulation of possession and space. Content or approach can be aimed at one, regaining attention, two, retaining attention, three, creating space, and four, constricting space. In this video, I'll deal with just the first two, the possession retainers and regainers, and then I'll deal with the second two, space creators and constrictors, next time.
In football, before we can do anything proactively, we need to have possession of the ball. In marketing, we must have our customers' attention. As such, football teams often have players who are considered possession regainers, typically in sort of these sorts of areas of the pitch. And they do this through tackling, harrying, or great reading of the game. And they're well adapted to winning the ball back for their team. These players can practically play anywhere on the pitch, but we most typically associate them with being in midfield and defence, although it can be strikers too. In marketing, the job of a possession regaining piece of content is to create awareness of your brand. When your customer is aware you exist, you have their attention, even if it's only momentary. Possession regaining content can do this in much the same way a football player can, through doing something disruptive, the equivalent of tackling, through pursuing the customer's attention, the equivalent of harrying, or through simply identifying an excellent opportunity to jump in, the equivalent of intercepting. The key to creating great possession regaining content is to make it simple, short, and brand focused. What do I mean by this? If you post a billboard on the side of a busy main road, your job is to build awareness. Your content's job, therefore, is to wrestle back your target customer's attention. You won't, you're not going to sell from this billboard, so don't tell me what you do or even how it will improve my life. Tell me what makes you different. Stand out. Create a lasting impression. Make yourself memorable. This is your brand. So how do you do that? Make me laugh if that's right for your brand. Shock me if that's right for your brand. Appeal to my senses. Make me feel something. But do it in a single image, a two-second musical motif, three or four words. In the hit TV series Mad Men, creative director Don Draper is sitting with senior executives from the cigarette brand's Lucky Strike. At that point in time, the late 50s, it was only just becoming apparent that smoking kills and, not surprisingly, it was hitting Lucky Strikes uh, Lucky Strikes for advertising hard. The public's attention was being shifted towards lung cancer and the politics surrounding the advertising of tobacco products. And faced with this situation, Draper realises he has to wrestle back his client's customer's attention and shift it onto something else. Something that makes Lucky Strike stand out from the pack. What follows is a back and forth in which Draper gets the Lucky Strike CEO to explain how he makes his cigarettes. A matter of moments into the explanation, Draper picks up on the fact that the tobacco is toasted and he creates a slogan. Lucky Strike, it's toasted. But everybody else's tobacco is toasted, argues the founder's son. No, everybody else's tobacco is poisonous, says Draper. Lucky Strikes, it's toasted. And one fell swoop, Draper circumvents the difficulties of knowing that he cannot make a product appear to be any better than the competitions. He knows that making them seem cool or sexy or rebellious will feel tone deaf in the current climate. But what he can do is differentiate the Lucky Strike brand. He can make them appear to stand for something completely different to their competitors, to make you feel a completely different way. And all it took him was two words. Other real-life examples of brands who do possession-regaining content really, really well include, uh, in text format, you have Red Bull, their famous gives you wings uh, quote is, is ubiquitous. Uh, Apple, think different. And even McDonald's, you know, I'm loving it, is, is kind of, you know, pretty, pretty memorable and pretty, um, 
it appeals to your, your, your emotions. From a visual standpoint, you have brands like Playboy with the bunny, Apple again with the white headphones, and McDonald's again, of course, with the golden arches. And even in the audio setting, you have brands like Intel that have their sound logo, uh, McDonald's sound logo, da 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 da, -da um, and the Go Compare theme tune, of course. Um, if you want to have some really good reading on the idea of possession regaining content, I would absolutely recommend Hookpoint by Brendan Kane. Um, fantastic book and really, really good at outlining how you do possession regaining content really, really well. In football, certain players are given the job of just keeping the ball. The most famous examples being Xavi Hernandez and Andres Iniesta for the famously possession-hungry Barcelona side of the late 2000s. Take the ball, pass the ball, take the ball, pass the ball, goes Xavi's famous mantra. The key point being that his job in the team was to keep the ball moving, keep it circulating, not through wide, sweeping, long passes, but just through the short, simple tiki-taka style passes that ensured that Barcelona kept possession and the opposition couldn't get close. In marketing, our equivalent of the short, simple pass is lifestyle content. This usually takes the form of rational, factual and informative messages that show customers how they'll interact with the product in order to make their life better in some way. It's not expansive, expressive content that's going to catch the eye. It's the sort of simple, seemingly innocuous messaging and approach that over time opens up opportunities through simply keeping your customer top of mind. And top of mind is the key phrase here. Keeping your company top of mind with your customer. Essentially, what you're hoping to do is to convince your customer that you're the right option for them by pushing at multiple doors. Eventually, one of those doors will open and they will be nudged a little closer to buying from you. Uh, so car brands, for example, are excellent at doing this. They know their product is expensive and typically a, a considered purchase. They also know that not every model they make will appear to appeal to every single customer. So some customers want speed and performance, some want safety, some want eco-credentials, etc, etc, etc. So what Audi do, for example, is create a selection of lifestyle-focused ads that depict how families might enjoy this space, safety and durability of their Q range, how executives might enjoy the luxury interiors and connectivity of their A4, A6 and A8 models, and how image conscious petrol heads might enjoy the styling and performance of their TT, A5 and R8 models. Within each of these categories, there will be multiple features and benefits that can be drawn out over time, ensuring that once they've caught your attention by appealing to your lifestyle choices, they're able to keep you exploring the range and ultimately narrow you in on one model or another. My recommended reading for possession retaining content is a book called How Brands Grow by Byron Sharp. Again, excellent reading, really, really good at explaining how you do it and, 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 and what you can gain from it.
Okay, I think that's uh, enough for just now. Check back here for a whole new video every week, each one explaining another part of the marketing process through a footballing lens. If you're enjoying what you're watching, please do like and comment. And while you're at it, why not tell your mates to tell their mates? After all, we all have a duty to share these things we know so that we may improve the lives of others. I am available for speaking gigs, training sessions, client work. If you'd like to talk to me about any of that, you can do so by visiting x-cmo.com. In the next session, we'll be talking about space constricting and space creating content. But how did Nike's Colin Kaepernick ad create space and drive results, by the way, even while inspiring social media anger? And how does another clothing brand, Supreme, constrict space so that they're able to sell out of 400 pound white t-shirts in record time? Find out in the next episode. Until then, thank you for your attention. Yeah.